As Brian said, we're spending today and next Sunday looking at the entire book of Esther. A book that is often overlooked, except for today's passage. It's fairly common, especially verse 16, for such a time as this. But the question is, how do we get to today's passage? And partly we get to this passage is the book opens with a new king ascending to the throne for Persia. Our Old Testament book calls him King Ahasuerus, but I'm going to call him what our historical books call him, King Xerxes I, because it's a little easier. But Xerxes I ascends to the throne of Persia following his father. And Xerxes is known for three things. His love of drinking, his love of spending time with his friends, and his love of women. He's also, and we'll see this a little more, he's also very gullible. But Xerxes, he enjoys his position. And near the beginning of the book, Xerxes throws a big party for his friends. And basically all they do is drink and party and enjoy their time together, and the text picks up where they have been partying together for seven days, and it's still not over. But on the seventh day, Xerxes gets this idea. He wants his wife, Queen Vashti, to come and be shown off for all of his friends. So he sends for her. But Vashti refuses. And this both enrages the king and embarrasses him. And so Xerxes banishes Vashti. But this also means that Xerxes is now a king without a queen. So his friends convince him to basically hold a big beauty pageant. And so he sends out people to find all of the most beautiful, young, single women in the kingdom, and to bring them before him. And one of these young women is is a Jewish orphan named Esther. Esther had been raised by her older cousin Mordecai. And the Jewish people were still in exile, and, and they were in the kingdom of Persia. But they still weren't really welcome there. And so Mordecai, realizing that Esther, being a beautiful young woman, was going to most likely be brought before the king, told her, do not let anyone know that you are Jewish. And so she didn't. And the king picked Esther to be his new queen. Well, there's another main character that we need to be aware of named Haman. And Haman is the bad guy for the majority of this book. I say majority of the book, so if you come back next week, I'll tell you who it is in the end. But Haman is the king's advisor, and he really likes his position. He really likes his power in that position. And Haman knows the king is a little gullible. Haman convinces the king to issue a decree that whenever Haman is in public, 
everyone has to bow before him because he's representing the king. And so the king does it. And so we can all imagine that Haman came up with a whole lot of errands to run so that people would have to bow before him. But Haman starts to notice that there is one man who refuses to bow. Mordecai. Because if we're familiar with Old Testament law, the Jewish people are forbidden to bow before anyone but God. But also, there's more than just Mordecai in Persia, in Susa, the capital. But Mordecai is still the only one who refuses to bow. And this enrages Haman. And so Haman finds out who Mordecai is, and he finds out that Mordecai is Jewish. He goes to the king, who again is gullible, and he convinces the king that the Jewish people as a whole are traitors and that they are dangerous to the king and his kingdom. And Haman says, if you issue a decree for their destruction, I'll pay you because I think it's this important. And the king issues the decree that in almost a year's time, all the Jewish people in Persia would be killed. And this is where we pick up with today's passage that Brian read for us with the Jewish people throughout Persia. As soon as they hear the decree, they are in mourning. Because there's no hope. And Mordecai is making a huge scene. He is going to the king's gate in a sackcloth that is forbidden because he wants to make a scene. And Esther hears about it and she tries to send him clothes and he refuses them. And so finally, she sends someone to find out, okay, why are you doing this? It's dangerous. It's forbidden. And that's when Esther finds out the decree. And Mordecai sends word through the messenger to Esther, you must go before the king and plead for mercy for your people. Now there's three things I want us to take away from today's passage. Now often when we think about Esther, we think about her as just gung-ho hearing the call and going before the king being brave and courageous, ready for battle, ready for whatever comes. But that isn't actually the case. Esther realizes she's in a place of privilege. And Esther realizes, as she tells Mordecai, anyone goes before the king without being called, they're they're killed. And he hasn't called for me in 30 days. He's lost favor with me. She tries to come up with every reason. Who am I to save my people? She, she's like the rest of us when we face something scary. We don't want to face it. But Mordecai sends word to Esther. 
you can't hide in the palace forever. Because clearly someone would eventually find out through the messengers connecting Esther and Mordecai that she was a Jew. She couldn't hide forever. And so Esther... Esther heard the words from Mordecai, for such a time as this, perhaps you came into this position, this royal dignity, where you can possibly save your people. Take away one, sometimes we are called to be Esther. Sometimes we are called to a place in our lives that is scary, that we will want to run from, a place that will cost us something. And Esther said it herself when she finally accepted what Mordecai wanted. She said, if I perish, I perish. Sometimes we are called to be Esther. Sometimes we are called to do what is right, to do what is holy, to do what is of God, and it will cost us something. It will cost us our pride, our dreams, our own self-interest, our popularity, possibly even our life. But the question for each of us in those defining moments is whether or not we will answer the call. Sometimes we are called to be Esther. Here's the second takeaway. And Ray, this is for you to tell your dad. And if you have to see the new Wonder Woman to understand this. As Diana needed Steve, so Esther needed Mordecai. So if you've seen the new Wonder Woman movie, I want you to talk with others who've seen it about that in relation to this passage later. As Diana needed Steve, so Esther needed Mordecai. This book would not be what it is without Mordecai. Because when Esther didn't want to risk her life, Mordecai wouldn't let up. Mordecai had been the only father she had ever known, the only parent she had ever known. He had raised her. He had loved her. And because he had put in the time into that relationship Mordecai was able to challenge Esther to to risk her life, to look beyond herself. Often we are called to be Mordecai, only sometimes Esther. Often we are called to be Mordecai. Often we are called to pour into the lives of others to raise them up in the faith, but also to hold our brothers and and sisters in the faith accountable to living a godly life instead of a worldly life. Sometimes we are called to be Esther, but often we are called to be Mordecai, to build those relationships and to be willing to challenge one another, to not take the easy road. And here's the third takeaway. 
What I love about this passage is that Esther doesn't immediately go to the king. Instead, Esther relays to Mordecai that she is going to fast for three days, and she wants Mordecai and her fellow Jews to fast along with her. Fasting is a spiritual discipline that we don't talk enough about today. But it's a spiritual discipline whereby we go without something for a set period of time. And instead, when we crave that food, when we crave that drink, we refocus on God and we pray. It's the discipline of remembering that our strength ultimately comes from God. It's about remembering through fasting that God is our strength, our refuge, our fortress. He is everything that we need. And Esther knew that what she was about to do was terrifying and could potentially cost her her life. And so Esther chose to prepare herself spiritually to face the king, to face what could befall her and her people. Sometimes we are called to be Esther, and in that we are called to give something up, to risk something that we don't want to lay aside. Often, we are called to be Mordecai. We are called to pour into one another and to hold one another accountable to living a Christian life. But always, we are called to spiritually prepare ourselves for what may come. But we do not have to prepare ourselves alone. Esther called on Mordecai and all of her fellow people of the faith to prepare themselves with her, to pray for her, for strength, for the moment when she would go before the king. So the question for us today is, where do we find ourselves in life? Do we find ourselves at a place where we are being called to be an Esther and it is absolutely terrifying and we want to discount ourselves? Are we being called to be Mordecai, to pour into the lives of another or to hold another person accountable to living a life of God and not just a life of the world that's easy? 